I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I am in the Omicron-soaked Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And joining me on the other line from the satellite branch in scenic Hamilton, it's the GTA's foremost jizz enthusiast, your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. I I didn't know what was coming, but it came right at me, right in my face. Wow. <laughs> I never said I was a Star Wars jazz, also known as jizz, enthusiast. I don't like any jazz, whether it's space-faring or not. Yeah, friends, uh, I just realized randomly, and Caitlin already knew this, that uh, the style of music played in Star Wars cantinas is canonically known as jizz. That's a thing. That's a decision someone made. Yep. You know, you know why that decision was made? Why is that? <laughs> Drugs? Well, possibly, but it just because it was when it was in that like time when Star Wars was just being just novels. I was going to say it was the no- like, it was the know, novel era, wasn't it? It was. It was a novelization. What I don't understand is why they ran with it. <laughs> like no one has ever gone out of their way to be like it is not called that. Um, they just of, of they all like, the things. Yeah. Of all the things they retconned in the Disney sale, right? jizz stayed. Jizz, jizz is still stayed. here. Uh, let's stop saying that word, shall we? This is episode 267 of the Geek Down <laughs> Podcast. If you'd like to go back and listen to any of our other episodes, friends, you just go wherever you get your audio content. Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Apple, or Stitcher. Give us a rate, review, follow, subscribe. All of that is helpful. It helps folks find the show. Maybe they're out there. They're listening to their, uh, you know, their... Ringerverse or their their anime news network podcast or whatever the, the nerdist is that even still a thing you know the podcast the leading nerd podcast of the day maybe they're done and they're like are there any other podcasts like this if you rate review the show gives us a little boost in the old algo maybe it puts us on their yeah. radar we'll get over the brick wall <laughs> we're just we've been we've been out there like the holy grail just pinging pinging coconuts at the at the wall trying to get over <laughs> For like four years. This is our year, y'all. This is going to be it. This is it. I can feel it. 2022. <laughs> uh, new year, new pod. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just envisioning that scene from season three of Community where the team comes back in. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I just came by to tell everyone this year isn't going to be that different. With the notable exception, we really won't have any money. Friends, if you want to help us out on that last part... You can support the show financially at ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod. Throw three bucks in the tip jar. Always appreciate that. You know know what the tip's for? What's the tip for? That sweet, sweet segue. (laughs) You can't get segues like this just anywhere. No. Listen, we took a lot of time off. I listened to a lot of podcasts. Friends, I'm here to tell you, not everybody does it like this. No, they just chop it. This okay, well, you will never know how much is actual off the dome and how much is chopped, but I'm gonna tell you, it's less than you think. It's way less. You know why? Because not, he harasses even... me every episode <laughs> to just keep going and not to fuck up. Caitlin, I wasn't even gonna it's tell pressure. him which was less. I was gonna let them guess that. 
Friends, if you want to welcome us back on the social medias, you can head on over to twitter.com slash geekdownpod. That is where we live over on the internet. Get up off Twitter. We always appreciate it. I know I said I was going to be like more present on the Twitter over the holidays, but nah. <laughs> we got to take a break. I was, eat, I was eating pizza uh, burgers yeah. back in Amherstburg, y'all. Like just uh, wasn't happening. Remind, remind me, remind me to tell you why I didn't spend a lot of time on the internet. Well, Kate, we're done the preamble. Why didn't you spend a lot of time on the internet? How was your holidays? Welcome back, y'all. Oh, my God. So much. Um, well, I'm going to do this out of order. My holidays were great. Thank you very much. Um, thank you for welcoming me back. Welcome back, Jordan. <laughs> Thanks. Um, and I didn't spend a lot of time on the internet because I was doing a puzzle. <laughs> a full-on 1,000-piece puzzle. What? And it was great. I love puzzles. I forgot how much I loved puzzles. Oh. Chris and I have been doing this puzzle together. We, you know, not that we are fit enough or could ever take the time off work, but we would rock one of those, like, couple travel around the world, figure out puzzle shows. <laughs> You're amazing we would races be so or whatnot. Good. Yeah, because we, we complement each other very well. Um, I find, like, we're doing this this astronomy map uh puzzle which he actually got me like a year and a half ago um for like a birthday or maybe i I think it was my birthday um and i just was like hey we've been watching a lot of tv why don't we do this puzzle um and we like loved every second of it and i i apparently put puzzles together by finding i i look for words (laughs) he does it by pattern recognition Mm mm-hmm I was like, this is us to a T, but it's worked out really well. We're almost done the puzzle. I will take a picture of it. Jordan will put it online. (laughs) Because I know everyone's interested about how beautiful this puzzle is going to be. My only fear is that I'm missing like three pieces. They're like under the couch somewhere. (laughs) Uh, But anyways, yes, I will. I will send a picture once it's done. Unless you think Caitlin is old timey just in some aspects (laughs) of her life. She's still out here doing puzzles in 2022, yo. Remember, remember March 2020 when it was like, oh man, can't leave the house. Nothing's open. Let's get some puzzles delivered. Everybody was doing puzzles. Kate, Katie Mack, still out here doing puzzles. Yeah. You got to disconnect sometimes, guys. Uh, I was not on the internet much because I was beating a six-year-old at Uno, which is always, <laughs> always fun. Six-year-olds, um... I see. I'm only ever really around one child uh, in my life, two or three times a year. So I this is how I learn things about children, and yeah. I have learned that at age six, they start getting a little spicy. A little, yeah, a little competitive. Yeah, a little maybe like when you son them at Uno, they go seriously and get up and walk away because you said you're retiring one and zero, <laughs> going out on top. He ain't like that too much. <laughs> They also don't like it when they beat you at Mario Kart the next night. You point out again that you sunned him at Uno. <laughs> I thought you said so I thought telling- you said Uncle Jordan played video games. I was like, I thought you played Uno. <laughs> he ain't like that. Oh. He ain't like that too much. Oh, you know what? Hmm. Know what this means? You had a great Christmas. I built some Lego with him. He was fine. <laughs> <laughs> also. We ain't forget, y'all, building, a little, spending like 15 minutes building Minecraft Lego was 
kind of scratched that itch that I got watching the uh, the Gundam model building again. <laughs> I was like, uh-oh. Rut row. Rut This is satisfying. Um, also, as well, yes, the, the most enjoyable part of Christmas, I was over at Mr. Malash's house um, with his wife and his child. And <laughs> I'm pausing because it's affecting me. Um, he, Christmas Eve, I had gotten him a little something. I expected nothing. Uh, apparently, the tradition with him and his wife and... Uh, their son is Christmas Eve. Everybody gets um, a book, an ornament, and pajamas. And yeah, that's a great tradition. And so the boy comes up and hands me a bag, and it's like, give that to Uncle Jordan. I'm like, what is happening here? And <laughs> as Mr. Mlush said, it was just a gift card for major Canadian retailer because he's like, I don't know what I'm going to buy you. Um, and the ornament was a donut. Great. As we know, that's the the book I book I wrote was about the Elm Donuts, and then I had uh, matching pajamas, low key like ugly Christmas pajamas that say Mister Snow It All on them, and <laughs> <laughs> yes, and Mister Malosh and the boy also had a matching pair, and the photo of the three of us in our matching pajamas is low key one of my most uh, cherished items, and. That's so sweet. Right? I know, y'all. Like, and shouts on the support to uh, to someone cute who at my birthday had bought me a like a, one of those printers that will allow you to print photos off your phone. Yeah. Um, because she's very much about like having photos around, and I never have been, and I don't yeah. know. She never told me. She's never told me why she made the decision. If she just thought it was something cool to have around, or if it was uh, something she had noticed and knew would add value to my life uh but it has and my, my last day at home i was just taking pictures of me and the parents new puppy <laughs> they have a new dog called posy she's kind of amazing my father has now joined the pantheon of dads and dogs they didn't want <laughs> got, Great. A, got a couple sweet photos of him loving up to young posy um and me just taking like random photos of myself and the dog throughout the house and then printing them out and leaving you know one at my mom's end table and one on the fridge before I left and shit like that. Like, it's, you know, it's the little things, right? Um, but yeah, that's holidays were good. I didn't get home for long, but I mean, I got home, which is. But I was, I was about to say, at least you got home. At least you got to see your family for a little bit and friends and stuff. Even though, um, even though. Even though Mama Ferguson, by the end, by the time to catch the train back, I walk in and it's like. How close you want me to get? Are we hugging? And she's like, you're good there. Um, <laughs> still, always keep the guard up. Always keep the guard up. I also got boosted while I was down there. Had to go to Windsor to get my booster, but. But you got it. Mm-hmm. You boosted yet? Uh, I'm not boosted. Our appointment. Well, I actually found out that. Okay. So every year, guys, if you've been watching, listening to the show. You know that every single year during the holidays, I get sick. <laughs> and this year, I wore masks everywhere. I was really careful. I didn't see a lot of people. I didn't go to, like, any malls, basically. Um, and I made it through the entire year without getting sick. Or so I thought. So I had to, I, I had to work on Monday. 
it's a complicated reason. Most of the people in Ontario and Canada didn't have to work on Monday because New Year's fell on a Saturday. Right. That means the, the holiday gets moved to Monday. I had to go into work, which is totally fine. So I wake up Sunday morning, last day of vacation. Who's sick? It's me. I'm sick. Surprise, motherfucker. Um, and I knew through work they were actually giving boosters at work. Oh. Um, so I and I hadn't heard about this until like very like right before I started working. I was like, okay, well, I'll I have an appointment for ne- uh, the fourteenth, but I'll get one at work if I if they have them if I can get it. So, but I was sick. So I was sick the whole week. So I couldn't go into work because they're like, you have symptoms. Don't come to work, which is the smart thing to do, in my opinion. Um, So I'm just probably, I don't know, if they have them when I'm there this week, great, because I'm no longer sick. I will get it. um, Or I'll have my appointment for seeing a correspondent, Chris and I, on Friday. And we'll go together. Or you can head on over to the Um, strip club. That's how they're doing it in Toronto. Oh, that's a... (laughs) It's a good thing. People don't really go to the strip club anymore because, you know, I think, I think it's too close contact. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, apparently, <laughs> I, know, I know Zanzibar and the Fillmore have both been doing a pop-up booster vaccine clinics Amazing. in the past Amazing. month. Uh, but yeah, shouts to, uh, shouts to Windsor Public Health Unit setting up in the old abandoned Sears <laughs> at Devonshire Mall. <laughs> The old department store. It was pretty pretty smooth as silk. Uh, nice. Couldn't get an appointment up here until like the end of the month. But I was like, and one of my coworkers was like, well, you're going home. See if you can get anything there. I'm like, there's like one day in the itinerary that I could maybe get up there to make this happen. And it's, <laughs> they, they were wide open. And I was like, okay. Um, the best story about... Uh, vaccines and boosters from back home um i don't know if it played out exactly this way but i just love the way mr malosh delivered the story so uh, our friend greg who we also used to play in the band with back in the day he went to get his booster and like i said it's it's the sears it's the huge giant department store that's not there anymore uh because sears is no longer with us at least in canada i don't have i gone everywhere let's say they're gone everywhere um but he he apparently as the story was told to me Greg went up and, you know, peak dad form. All my friends are peak dads now. Um, <laughs> he walks up and they're like, hey, you here for your, you here for what? You here for a dose or a booster? And he's like, oh, actually, I'm here to return a snowblower. Is this, what, is this, this is the returns counter? And in the way Jeff told it, he's like, what do they think of that? They, they laugh. And Greg was like, oh, they're really busy. <laughs> oh, 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 <laughs> oh yeah. diplomatic way of saying they were not fucking with your dad puns in the middle <laughs> no, of the they pandemic. were not amused um yeah friends just to catch you up on uh on pandemic life here in ontario where caitlin and i live i don't know how it is uh where y'all are but around here it's just kind of uh do you ontario <laughs> <laughs> we- that is that is the best way to say that Everyone has stopped caring, it's, and they uh, shouldn't have. It's you going, you going to get it. So when you get the sniffles, stay home for five days. Well, how will I know it's COVID? You probably won't. You you won't because if you even try and get a test, That's, it's going to take you like a month to we, get your results. We ain't got no tests for you. So just as the Toronto Star put it, at this point, if you have cold symptoms, it's probably COVID. Yeah. Cool. 
taken out and about. And you're like, Caitlin, Caitlin, does that mean you got COVID? And I'm like, I don't know, guys. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Um, it's taken out about a third of the, sorry, I make it sound like it's just like a, just a rampant like outbreak at major Canadian retailer. It's not. It's just, I can't say it is or it isn't. We don't know. Like most places, it's like people get the sniffles. They call public health. Public health says stay home from work for five days. Are you vaccinated? Yes. Stay home for five days or until you're, you know, until you can pass a self-assessment, monitor your symptoms. Yeah. And when you can pass a self-assessment, go back to work and stay in the house. That's where we're at here. Kind of like, well, um, it's kind of a freewheeling episode today, y'all. So we're kind of out of order. I do have a couple of news things I want to say, and I don't know if we're doing updates per se, given the nature of the episode, but I did want to call out, um, a series on Netflix called the, uh, the comedians. And I bring this up because I had watched a show that I'd heard good things about, uh, someone cute and I watched it. It's going, it's going to debut any day now, I think. Uh, but they dropped the pilot, um, just randomly. Re, like just like a preview like we got nothing to show this right. night we got nothing planned for this night so just watch this and it's called abbott elementary and it's basically an office style comedy set in a philly uh grade school a struggling philly grade school and uh i'm going to butcher a lot of people's names if i try to remember because i don't remember i'm just gonna be like that girl who used to work on buzzfeed and that guy who was in <laughs> everyone loves chris like that's where i'm at um but I remember the name of the woman who plays the principal because her name is Janelle James. And she has a, like, 45-minute set on this Netflix show called The Comedians, which is literally just a stand-up show. Evening at the Improv. Like, every little half-hour specials for everybody. And I've watched it twice now because I think this is the first great post-COVID stand-up set I've ever seen. Oh, she just fucking crushes it. And I can't recommend it enough. And at one point she basically says she's talking about small talk, how much she loved the mask. She didn't get why people didn't like, like the mask. She's like, it was great. Small talk was small talk was dead along with 500,000 of our closest friends and neighbors. <laughs> and people oh, are, shit, people are dark. like, people are like, Oh, and she's like, no, yeah, yeah, Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> we blew it. It's like, it's like COVID was a test for humanity. And uh, we failed that bitch. Like, <laughs> It's a wrap. And that's kind of where Ontario is. It's like, you know what? We tried. It's Bart Simpson. It's Bart Simpson with the you tried cake throwing it in the, <laughs> throwing it in the trash. It's like, <laughs> you tried, Ontario. Do your best, but you're probably going to get COVID. So that's where we're at there on the old <laughs> year. It was when I realized. So also uh, new to my life. The discourse also says like, you know, God, it's time to upgrade your masks. Omicron is too contagious for these, like, you know, single, these glorified t-shirts you strap over your face. Like, it's time, it's time to upgrade. Yeah. Uh, got to get your KN95. Got to get your, your N95, your KN95, your KN94, whatever. I had the KN94s. Um, I got another batch of those coming from the devil site. Some some CBC marketplace record uh, models. <laughs> but when I'm back home, <laughs> my dad goes... He's saying something about, he was asking like one of his brothers about it or something about where, what are these N95s and where to get them? And his brother's a mechanic and points out that they use them in auto shops for like paint. Right. So my dad goes down to two-way automotive <laughs> in Amherstburg, gets a case of 3M, uh, 3M elastic around your head, like seals my face like a, makes my face look like a water balloon with a rubber band in it. Just like, <laughs> let me tell you something. I feel real safe on the bus when I strap one of them fuckers on, but it is, 
You just get it with your hazmat suit. And oh my god! It, it re- it's really got that, and it's got the fucking text on the front, and ISOH and ninety five particulate. I'm like, yeah, back the fuck up, Duffer and Bus. Um, <laughs> but I save those for the bus. I'll use one of mine, like in the store, because they are rough, and like my nose is starting to feel it, and that's when I, that's when I realize, like the the PTSD I'm going to have when this is all said and done is just just the like phantom pain of these like cardboard ask hard metal N95s that I will have strapped to my face for here now in year two. And then I realized it was like year two, 2.5 of this bullshit and uh, wept yeah. into my open hands for like 15 minutes. Cause <laughs> that's, that's how we're living out here. Ah, friends. Like I said, I have two little items of news here that I want to bring up both about, uh, both about upcoming offerings. Um, in in that case, can I can I talk about uh can I talk about some stuff? What do you want to talk about? Well, I just want to. I mean, it's not the happiest stuff. It's the 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 passing of Betty White. Just like she was awesome. Well, yeah. And just if you if you don't know. You should look up some sort of YouTube playlist, and now you'll know. And and Sydney Poitier, yes, um, who uh, was the first black person to win an Academy Award for Best Actor, and one of my first crushes. One of your first crushes. Yep. Um, and just made uh he i just he was an incredible actor and he's one of the people that for me like i when i found out i cried um because he made such amazing things and to me was like a a defining part of my childhood watching his movies um so i just he he died at age 94 betty white how old was betty white She 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 was shy of her 100th yeah yeah, she was 99. So two incredibly talented people who, who you know, broke the glass ceiling in many, many ways. Um, and just, yeah, sad that they're gone. And that speaks to a lot of people this year or, or the past year. Um, and, yeah, just want to keep them sort of in our minds as awesome people that I'm glad we got to, like, share with the world. That's all. That's all I wanted to say. Kate? Yeah. You ever seen the movie Sneakers? Yes. Okay. Because I was going to add it to the list immediately if you hadn't. Sneakers is my only real connection to Sidney Poitier. I haven't seen a lot of his <laughs> movies. But I will never forget. It's just etched into my brain. You just have these phrases or things that you've heard in your life that will always be there. Sidney Poitier saving Robert Redford by thwacking some dude with a 2 by 4 and saying the phrase... Motherfuckers mess with me, I'll split your head. Sidney Poitier said that shit in a yeah. movie, and I have never forgotten it. It was the most as- the most asynchronous badass thing I'd ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's good. That's good. Thank you for the addition. Remember- if you haven't seen Sneakers, you should see Sneakers. Go see Sneakers. It's a it's an insane movie. <laughs> insane good, I mean. It's what Yes, insane good, but just one you don't hear about. Also, randomly has Dan Aykroyd in it. Yes, <laughs> right? Like, 
Robert Redford, Sidney Poitier, and Dan Aykroyd. Like, huh? And 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 Ben Kingsley is also in oh that. Oh my god, movie. he's the villain. That's right. It's the information. <laughs> Oh my I feel God. like we should just have a we should have like yeah, once a month do like a rewatch. Yeah, we're just gonna like re- a, a yeah. We're just gonna rewatch sneakers next week. Yeah. <laughs> come, come back for that Sydney Plate Memorial sneakers viewing party. <laughs> oh uh, man, we have a good time here. Rest in peace to that king and queen. Long, long and deservedly celebrated lives. Um, well, to less important things. <laughs> Two things news-wise that I did see. Uh, I'm sure there's more, but these are the two things I went, oh. One thing I saw on my way home from Major Canadian Retailer today is uh, the announcement that Scott Pilgrim is getting an anime. On, yeah, I saw On that. Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott Pilgrim is the classic Toronto-based, is, is it crossover? <laughs> anything, anytime anything from Toronto, like reaches greater cultural awareness we consider a crossover but this is the uh indie comic from god like 15 years ago uh that got made into an Edgar Wright movie uh about 10 years ago a very much beloved movie by both Kate and myself as much as I was kind of mm-hmm. on the comic I loved the movie um and the anime is going to be done by Science Saru the same people who did Devil May Cry Baby and I'm like hmm that's going to be interesting i was not a fan of devil man cry baby despite how closely it did adhere to the source material i found out later it just seemed like it delighted a little too much in the sex and violence for me mm-hmm. and i'm old now so <laughs> it's gonna take more to impress me edgelords but i uh, yeah that is uh Edgar Wright is a producer on this and that is apparently good to go for netflix um let's go in the reverse we've seen apparently on multiple occasions now that the conversion of anime to live action is not working, let's just turn live actions into anime. Let's just do that going yeah. forward. One other item of note, this greatly, greatly excites me, Caitlin. Kate, do you know what Urusei Yatsura is? No, I have no idea. Urusei Yatsura is one of the big four titles from goddess of manga Rumiko Takahashi. In addition to titles like Rama One Half and Maids and Ikoku and Inuyasha, this is this is the show with cosplayers. If you're out there and you see people walking around in leopard print bikinis, blue hair, and devil horns, you ever seen that girl? Oh yeah, I've seen her. That's Lum. Lum is from Urusei Yatsura, and Urusei Yatsura is getting a redo. In commemoration, this is by Hype Beast, so you know it's important. <laughs> In commemoration of publisher Shogakugan's 100th anniversary, Rumiko Takahashi's comedic manga Urusei Yatsura is slated for a brand new anime debut this year. Since its first adaptation directed, directed by, of all people, Mamoru Oshii, who went on to do Ghost in the Shell. Hmm. This is a story that follows uh, the alien princess Lum and the human Ataru Moroboshi after Lum misinterprets Ataru's proposal meant for his girlfriend, Shinobu Miyake. Um... And basically, there's, like, a game of tag involved. Aliens invade, and they're going to destroy the Earth unless uh, Ataru can beat Lum in tag. For some reason, Ataru is... I don't remember... I've seen a few episodes of the original, like, early 80s anime. But again, like all Takahashi uh, projects, the anime went for, like, 700,000 episodes. So, I don't have that many Thursdays left. Like, I need to... (laughs) (laughs) 
It's like, like we always say, I've got to resolve myself to the fact I'm never going to see One Piece. It's I got to pick like one Takahashi show to make my way through. Um, but I think ever since I have a, a affinity for number one, I love the idea of older anime. We do this. The West does this all the time. You know, like they're always remaking everything. Oh my god, remaking everything all the time. So why can't anime do that? They did it with Sailor Moon yeah. to mixed results, but I mean, there are so many. Bob, fa- Bob. <laughs> there's a woof. There are so many fantastic shows out there from the '80s. You know, these classic, classic shits that I was coming up on in the VHS days. Like the one image of Lum on the poster that like is done with like better shading and like computer colors. I'm like, yes, please, my god. Um, also notable, the two leads have been cast. Uh, Lum will be played by a woman named uh, Sumire Uesaka, who I know from being uh, in Pastel Palettes from Girls Band Party. And Caitlin will know as the singer behind the Pop Team Epic theme. Oh, fantastic. Pop Team Epic, also coming back in 2022. Bless. Uh, things to live for. <laughs> thing, listen, we're going to... We're going to talk about these are things that will show up on next year's episode of things that made the year bearable. Um, and as well, the voice of Ataru is going to be played by Hiroshi Kamiya, who voiced Levi in Attack on Titan. And this will be on our favorite Fuji TV's Noidamina block sometime in 2022. Yeah. So amped for that. Just talking about reboots, there's mm. only one reboot that matters in 2022. What's that? Um, and that's saying a lot. It's Fraggle Rock. What? I haven't heard this. Yes. Re- Fraggle Rock is getting a reboot. Rebooting uh, it's apparently going to be on Apple TV, but that just means I'm going to steal it. Come at me, bro. <laughs> um, and honestly... It's not even about rewatching episodes and reliving my childhood. I'm just glad it exists for another generation. Um, it's one of those things that I think is good. Any generation, any group of kids. I mean, that was the whole point of Fraggle Rock, right? That it could be, you know, made into a bunch of different languages, that it had some storytelling that was universal. And I'm just, it makes me happy that. Uh, it's coming back. I think it's supposed to be um, coming. It's coming on January 21st with its entire first season. Um, so, yeah, that's that's I'm just excited about that. It makes me happy. And it's got dozers, y'all. And kids need Fraggle Rock, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> kids need Fraggle Rock? Yeah. They need, need they need a really, like, nice, wholesome, informative, wacky, zany, colorful show. They've had a hard couple of years, man. Okay, fine. Informative? I don't know what Fraggle Rock was informing us of, but... The power of friendship. <laughs> how, how to eat... And helping each other. How to eat the buildings of tiny green men. Like, <laughs> power of if, you're, if you're unfamiliar with Fraggle Rock, that's what happens. Um, what was the plot of Fraggle Rock? Just the Fraggles lived like in caves, right? Yeah, they live in caves. They have to escape from the humans and dogs and the giants. Right. And they um, learn about the power of friendship and being there for each other and about emotions and growing up and all that that all that stuff, all Le- that important stuff. Lessons, y'all. Lessons. 
so I guess we'll move on to updates briefly and talk about a couple things. Um, I, I mean, I'm sure we won't talk about everything. We were off for like two and a half, week, three weeks. That's a lot of time to watch Gosh. content. Um, a lot of time. Anything you want to shout out that you watched on the break? Um, one thing, actually, which hmm. was very, very recent. Encanto. Okay. Haven't seen it yet. Know a lot of folks who have. Know a lot of folks who sing its praises to varying degrees. Some people who think it's an absolute triumph and other people who just generally thought it was very good. Where do you fall? Um, unlike a lot of stuff that has come out over the years from Disney and Pixar, um, I'm kind of just mashing them together, you know, movies for, for kids and families. Um, I am going to watch this movie again. <laughs> I will watch this movie several more times. Okay. And I haven't had that experience with a family movie for a really long time. Like, will I watch Frozen 2 again? Eh, maybe. <laughs> Probably not. Um, I haven't even seen Toy Story 4. Um, I just... What was it with some more recent Disney movie? I can't even think of oh, one. Oh, man. I don't know. Um, Raya? Raya, we, we see, we talked, we talked about Raya actually uh, in comparison to this, like Raya was good, but I don't think we are going to end up watching it again unless we have kids and they want to watch it. I mean, there's a possibility, I guess, but I will actively go out of my way to watch this movie. And I have been singing the songs nonstop and they're just like, just, they're super catchy. They're just like the songs when we were a kid, like what, think what you will of Lynn. Um, man, oh my God, his name, <laughs> I'm just gonna call him Lynn. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Fine. I'm going to hashtag new year, new you. Not that much. Lynn Manuel Miranda. I knew that it was there. Um, think what you will of him. He did a great job with these songs. Um, yeah, I just, it was unbelievably enjoyable and absolutely beautiful. So really enjoyed that. And I watched like a million other things and I will talk about them, but that's the thing I, I really wanted to shout out. Mm -hmm. Well, all right. Yeah. Nothing else you want to call out right now? Um, uh, I mean, uh, the, the end of, did I, I don't think I got to the end of Lost in Space, but it was, it was a good end. I'm, I'm glad that they had this show that they were like, three years of this family in trouble is enough. And we recognize that. And they just put a nice like cap on it, but you could also see coming to revisit the characters, maybe not, you know, doing a fourth season, but maybe a side character or a side adventure or something like that. Like that's definitely a possibility. I could see that. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I was like, this was amazing. Um, oh, I don't know if I mentioned watching Miracle on 34th Street. You did. Oh, okay. I did that. Um, Chris, for the first time ever, watched the 1951 version of A Christmas Carol. Um, and it's interesting. I mean, I grew up with this film. It's interesting seeing someone who's watched the, like, Muppets Christmas Carol, like, every <laughs> single year since he was, like, what? I don't know, six to finally being like, oh, I see where they, it's like, I see how much of it's an homage. That was a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, I honestly, we didn't watch that much Marvel. Um, I know there's a lot out there, so I'm looking forward to that for January. But yeah, no, that's, that's, I mean, I'll talk, like I said, I'll talk about some other things I, I watched and, 
and um and took a look at and in episodes later this month but for now yeah that's the thing i want to shout out and i finally finished on london by china Mielville, mm. and it was much better than i i thought it was yeah it was all good. right yeah um well i have an item on here that i'm only throwing out not because i have a passion to talk about it but it might be kind of a, a bridge thing and i just i generally have a question yeah about it um caitlin is the yes. book of boba fett going to ruin the character um, I, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, okay. Cause I asked the question I'm asking you specifically, cause I know senior yeah. correspondent feels very strongly about Boba Fett. Yes. As does the most consistent man at major Canadian retailer. <laughs> and I watched that first episode and I was like, but answer me this man. Like wasn't part of the appeal of Boba Fett that he was just a cipher. He was just like a quiet dude with a jetpack and a rocket. Who did some badass shit, and now you have to watch this show, and he's like a 60-year-old New Zealand guy who <laughs> moves a little slow, like, and sits in a tank for half the episode? Is that bad? And he said, he did some cool stuff, and then looked real sad. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so the first episode was bad. We're Okay, we agree that that was bad. Okay. The first episode, even, like, senior correspondent was the one who looked over at me and was like, that was really bad. <laughs> Like it he's was supposed good. to, he, everybody loves him as this super badass, you know, bounty hunter, and he's there getting sunned by the mayor of Maz Eyes, Maz, what the hell, Maz Espa, <laughs> like, Maz, yeah, Maz Espa. Um, yeah, I we we don't know what they were doing that first episode. Second episode, way better. Well, you got a train hunt, um, so of course you love it. You know what? You know, what <laughs> you're an easy mark, my dear. You know what? Yes. New year, new me. Okay. <laughs> oh, she ain't going to say it. Um, but second episode was was really really good. I just like the format better, where they did like the first half was basically what's going on now, and then the back half, as opposed to this sort of like weird back and forth that didn't make sense. It was very disjointed. It didn't seem to like reflect the story at hand. That um that was a little better. My problem is my only issue with it still, as much as like both halves were good. Yeah. But I care so much more about the first half. I want Star Wars Narcos. Give me Star Wars Narcos. That's what I was promised. <laughs> Narcos. You got some tense negotiations think, with some huts. You got some I, you got some coded think, threats. I want that business. As you I, you're assuming I know a, much more about the deep lore of Tuscan Raiders than I actually do. <laughs> like No, there is no deep lore of Tuscan Raiders. I think that's why it's so interesting. Mm. Is they took this the Tuscan Raiders and were like, let's give them like this really interesting background and and history and culture and whatever um i actually I, I really enjoyed that part of it i'm waiting to see how it does that i, I still that first episode really leaves me with a bad, with a bad taste in my mouth because i'm like who edited this <laughs> like the parts of it were great but like who decided like this it was a good way to put it together um but the second episode was much much better I kind of like taking a character that you don't know much about and being able to like expand on that, but I'm sure there are tons of people out there who hate it. They're like, that's not my Boba Fett. Sure, whatever. Like, I mean, I I just I'm really enjoying it, but it's not it's not the thing I'm most looking forward to for I mean, you know, twenty twenty two. Rule of three, but I mean I will not be surprised if after third it's like um no, okay. I'm good. Like I'll read uh, when the season's over. I'll read a uh, you know what this means to the greater expanded Mandalorian universe. Um, 
that wasn't really like one of the three things I wanted to talk about, but I had Kate here and it's it had been bugging me ever since the first episode. It was like, am I, am I, is, is this bad? Um, and it turns out it was, but it's showing signs of improvement. Um, three things to talk about. Finally got my grind on, bought the necessary building, been playing GTA, the contract, the Dr. Dre missions on Grand Theft Auto Online. They are very enjoyable and decidedly single, single player. So yes, God in heaven, please. Um, just give me like a good story-based single-player campaign expansion. It's so fun. I'm having a delightful time. <laughs> Although the, the unreleased Dr. Dre songs that play when you go to get his phone are not very good. Sorry, Doctor. Okay. okay. Shots fired, I guess. Eh, they're, they're not that good. Um, the Caitlin is very happy that in light of like my work schedule and the recent... Uh, surge in Omicron cases. We were not able to do this episode in person because she would have had to slot out a solid four hours just for me to give the fanboy commentary along to a screening of the perfume polygon wave live currently sitting on Amazon prime video. It is a fucking triumph. It is so good. These women, I think I welled up twice because it's, it was their first show that they did post pandemic. Mm-hmm. The way they framed it was they're in some arena and they used the entire floor of the arena as the stage. Right. It's like it's like ice capades, right? Like the entire floor of the arena <laughs> was the stage and just the bowl had people in it. And it was also doing that thing where like keep your joy inside your heart and don't cheer. <laughs> so like right. But Japanese fans don't fuck around. Like you will feel waves of claps coming over you as you think it's going to die down and it doesn't and that's very very moving and they freaking ended with a song that is unreleased i don't know if they've ever done this before it's a song nobody heard they close with a song nobody had heard it's fucking amazing nakata is on his bullshit how did they do their their light stick like like dance along with it if no one knew the song jordan they don't do that much. This isn't aqua. Like, there's no light sticks involved. You don't get a perfume light stick. <laughs> get your head out of your Sorry. ass, Caitlin. Jesus. Um, <laughs> uh, just the song. The song is fucking great. And when I read the lyrics later, it's basically like apparently the story is the song's unfinished. It's not done to like Nakata's uh, satisfaction. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not up. To, it's not up to the standards. But just for the live, he did a rough mix of it because. Uh, Kashiuka especially I think wanted to do it as a thank you to their fans because the lyrics are basically like the song is we don't know if it's officially called Mirrorball but the lyrics are basically like the motif is perfume are the Mirrorball but they don't shine without the light on them which is the fans like that's why she really, really wanted to do it Aww. and I was like <clears throat> uh, and again shut just up like, I'm not crying just like the technological stuff that you know the tech that they use um then again, the the use of the backup dancers, their choreographer has this little dance troupe that she works with, um, bring them in to the performance. When they did Polygon Wave, there was like a nice Jubiroquai virtual insanity effect going on the whole time with like shapes and projections and stuff. It's just, it's amazing. And it was a great ass show. The set list was fantastic. Everything about it. I will watch it again and again and again. Um, and lastly, the only other thing worth mentioning, Caitlin? Yeah. Someone cute wanted to do something for New Year's. Oh. And we had something planned, penciled in, a little outing, as it were. 
and then uh and then the world started exploding again and things were getting shut down right. again mm-hmm. at a very rapid pace and it's like well maybe we don't do that maybe put a pin in that what else can we do instead caitlin i saw a marvel movie i saw the oh marvel God, movie you did. of the moment you did. i did yeah and it was fucking fantastic. I have nothing. <laughs> I have nothing. What? I have nothing new to add. It's like, it's fucking amazing. That's amazing. That's another thing I would watch again and again. Like actually. Oh yeah. It was the best version of a dumb comic movie I've ever seen. It did. Shut up. It did literally. I don't know what it did wrong. To be honest. Oh, this is I. This is weird. I feel <laughs> weird about this. It is, I mean, I don't know, you have not seen it all yet. I don't know how. I haven't, no, I haven't seen it. Because the theaters keep shutting down. Um, I don't know how spoiler-fueled you are. I'm, I'll, keep, I'll keep my mouth shut to a certain extent, but it felt like, I said this, you know, in, in, the, in the very excitable post-movie, post-screening drive with someone cute afterwards, I was saying, like, why, you know, Holland is one thing. He's just, he's a fucking delight. I said this when I first saw him in Civil War. I was like, that kid is just, yeah. he's fucking delightful. Um, but it was like when you were reading comics and you just read Spider-Man and maybe Dr. Strange would show up for a few ep- for a few issues because it was all set in New York. So these cats would bump into each other all the time. Right. But... Um, far from home while still probably, you know, going to be, have impact on all the multiversal stuff and all that business. It didn't really feel like it was pushing any of that along or it was, it didn't feel like it had a job to do. Sometimes you watch these Marvel movies or these shows and you can recognize the cog it's supposed to be. Right. WandaVision has to make Wanda the Scarlet Witch, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier has got to set up Sam to be the next Captain America. Loki's got to set up Kang, you know, all this stuff. This just kind of was. And yes, there will be greater implications, but it was very, it felt to me very self-contained. And it was just a Spider-Man movie featuring Doctor Strange, which That's is what, cool. what happened in occasion. And, you know, listen, if you did, y'all know kind of a lot of, you know, the stuff that has happened and is in there and who is in the movie. Like, <laughs> and there were moments where, I was like throwing up Korean heart hands and like, (laughs) and like welling up a little bit. Like it was very, very good. I would watch it again in a literal heartbeat. It was so good. That's awesome. I'm very excited now. There you go, y'all. I'm clearly, (laughs) clearly still feeling the spirit of the season. I just gave like 10 minutes of complimentary takes to a Marvel project. (laughs) To that end, I guess we'll keep the format. We'll take a little break right here so I can re-up my coffee and do a little something different when we come back. Normally, we uh, we just pick th- some things we like from the previous year. We're going to do a little something different. And when we come back from this break, we're going to talk about what got us through this version of a trash fire of year. We'll get into that after this break. Hi, 
everyone, and welcome back to the show. This is usually the half of the show where we talk about the things we've brought each other, but as Jordan said at the first half, we're not going to do that. Nope. No, we're changing it up, right? New New Year, new podcast. <laughs> Listen. No- Actually, it's just for this episode. Just for this episode. Normally, this time of year, the formula would go, we would pick a few things that we talked about on the podcast, and that we, you know, we'd pick our tops from you know the previous year i don't even really think we need to do that this year it's obviously the owl house but (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if it is it's just the first one that came to mind but um you know because the holidays falling the way they were and the next the latest episode not going live until like you know january 11th is just seemed seemed passe keep it moving keep it moving but i do think we should commit it was worth commemorating the uh the year that was a little bit in some regard. And I am, despite uh, all arguments uh, to the contrary from Caitlin McKinnon, a bit of a softie. And I am annoyingly not optimistic, but I, I attempt in, in my middle years to uh, look for things that are good about any situation, I guess. And I do this thing. I've done it for, I don't know why I started doing it. I just started doing, a, you know, list season always happens. I enjoy list season uh, mm-hmm. as much as anyone, but I don't really have the patience or the time to be like, you're my top 10 songs. I'm going to write a post about them, whatever type of thing. <laughs> um, the, the culture moves too fast. Y'all it really does. And I don't know how, some of y'all do. Some of y'all do it. But I started doing this thing, which was just a list of 50 things that made the previous year bearable. Not even anything that had to come out that year. Because like I said, the, cu- the culture moves too fast. And why yep. I can't limit myself to if I'm spending half my year catching up on other stuff, that still made the year bearable. So I do this list of 50 things. It can be media. It can be experiences. It can be whatever. And I thought maybe in lieu of a just... Things we like that we talked about on the pod, we would each pick a selection of things that we thought made 2021, which is really the definition of a roller coaster of a year. Mm-hmm. We really, we really rode that wave. Um, that made that bearable. So that's that's kind of the vibe I wanted to go with here. Uh, do you want me to go first, Caitlin? to set the tone or do you have one do you have one sure you go first i mean i'm sure ours are going to be different um not just different subjects but um because you specifically said it didn't have to be specifically media um so yeah i I only have one media item oh of the three i mean you go on the show twitter i posted my list you can read all the little ins and outs and um you can see all the selections, including a bulk of bulk of the music uh, on there, which I will not talk about on this episode. Uh, one thing that made 2021 bearable for me was obviously <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll keep it together. We'll pair these two up, but it was like you know being able to go home because we were in that like three month period where it seemed like we were coming through it. That was probably the high point of the year for me finally getting to like hug my friends and family uh back right. home for the first time in 19 months uh it's pretty 
pretty hard to beat, you know, my mom. Every time I go home, my mom always talks about, it, like, it's so, it's so boring. You must be so bored here. Like, your father and I aren't very exciting, you know. What is like? Yeah, that's that's the point. Life is plenty exciting <laughs> in in my neighborhood and in pandemic life. I'm here for the boredom and just being able to, you know, just see my friends, hug my mom. It's like, what's what's going to top that? for things that made the, uh, the year bearable and just the general, that general feeling in the summer of like, we, okay. Okay. We are coming out of this. This is a, this is a thing now. Got that great day when I got the second dose and I went out for you know dinner with someone cute on a patio. And it just seemed like life was nature was healing and life was returning. Now, Kind of, kind of, uh. sec- kind of stepped on a rake on the uh, on the back half of the year there in the in the la- in Q four. Stepped on a couple rakes on our way out, but hopefully we can. Hopefully we will be getting back there sooner than later. Goddamn, fingers crossed! But definitely one of the things I made the previous year bearable for me, Caitlin McKinnon. Yeah, give me one of yours. Um, uh, Warhammer forty k. I mean, listen. <laughs> So that works. We 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 talked very briefly. I mentioned in the previous episode uh Warhammer 40K and you were like, "How huh, what?" <laughs> um and I need to be specific about this. It's not so Warhammer is the biggest um miniature war game produced, I think in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically, you get little figurines, you paint them, you've got ships and tanks and you put them on a board and you fight other people with their, their war pieces or their game pieces. Um, that's not the part that has made this year bearable. Every so often I have this, I have this weird feeling or I think that, you know, is there ever going to be this moment where senior correspondent Chris and I don't have anything to talk about anymore? <laughs> and it never seems to happen. Something happens. In this case, it was Warhammer 40K. Um, neither of us are super into it, but he every so often would bring up this book called uh, Horus Rising. And I mentioned it. It's the book on on tape or the audio uh, novel that we had listened to by Dan Abnett. And it's the first book in this thing called the Horus Heresy series. The Horus Heresy series is literally like 48 books long. So that's not (laughs) happening. Um, But as I keep on saying about Horus Rising, this book has no right to be as good as it is. The the world you're in is basically this world of total war. It's super over the top. um, But it's got something that I find really fascinating. And that's lore. And whether you're talking about like Jane Austen lore or War Warhammer 40k lore or DC lore or Marvel lore or whatever it is, um anything that's really got a really deep lore um that has been contributed by different writers and um artists and and a community of people out there, you're going to get some really like fascinating stuff. Um, that's really freaking cool sometimes. So 
kind of learning more and more about Warhammer 40k and the world and sort of its origins and um and what people have made from this world is just been exciting and fascinating and fun and something that can distract right if I just want to like go on a wikipedia hole and like be like so sisters of battle huh um I can do that and it's it's a nice distraction from some of the tougher things in the world um and I think I think things that are entertaining are very important and it's not always just about watching a thing or experiencing the media it's also about just learning about this whole world that people have created and it's yeah it's really cool lore is a very powerful thing that was me when i discovered when i like skyrim was the first elder scrolls game i played and like when i started going down the varying uh you know avenues there it's like it's like oh every book on a shelf you can just read yeah in that game it's one of those things where in Skyrim, like, there are different games, there are different novels people have written. There, it's and and that's what Warhammer is like, right? It's there are so many different types of media. There are these books. There are these video games. There's, um, you know, comic books, and there are like short films, and there's art, and you know, it's just there's so much out there. Um, that you can and you can pick a tiny bit of it or you can deep dive a ton of it and it never seems to be bottomless right um and that's kind of this really nice feeling um i think if people a lot of people felt the same way about uh game of thrones or lord of the rings you know what i was just gonna say the closest thing i've ever come to like fan fiction is like the infamous line at the end of game of thrones uh where Arya's like what's west of westeros and i'm like what if it's tamriel What if Arya? What if Arya goes to Tamriel and meets like Beast Folk? Be amazing. amazing. Yeah, (laughs) good. Fucking nerds. Um, I will hit. I guess I'll do a media pick here. Uh, I had obviously had a lot of media on my list, um, but if I was going to pick one thing that just really like blew me away top to bottom and was just a fantastic experience, um, not unlike what I talked about, but right before the break, uh, the Miles Morales game for PS4 was just an incredible experience for what was, I thought, going in a quick kind of half a game placeholder type of thing that I thought wasn't even really connected to the first pretty flawless uh, Peter Parker Spider-Man game, but it's very connected to it and is just such a rich experience if you are a fan of that character if you are a fan of seeing different types of stories told with your superheroes that game did everything well like yeah the way he web slings in this game the way the more the freer style he has the more kind of chaotic spinning and because he's younger than peter in these games so he's he wilds out a little more to just like his, his Timbaland boots in the, in the opening shots to like helping people at the bodega or just the notion of him being the neighborhood Spider-Man and the neighborhood is Harlem. And, you know, it was just, I still can't get over that game and how well it was done and how they tweaked mm-hmm. Miles's fighting style. So if you were like, cause I had replayed, I had just replayed, uh, I'd done my new game plus on 
the original Spider-Man game before going into the Miles game because I, I knew it was one of these complicated-ass games that I was <laughs> for the controls. And I was going to have to refamiliarize myself. But it didn't even really matter because going into the Miles game, he plays so differently from Peter. A lot of it's the same, but there was enough there. You couldn't rely on your old standbys. You had to ad- adjust right. how you played with Miles v. how you would play with Peter. Um, and develop, like just feeling how powerful that character must be for so many people. You know, and how, how just, because I hadn't read the comics in a while, actually, and I was established I only recently watched Spider-Verse. Um, but the game was just so, so good. And, again, what I loved about the original Spider-Man game was it was set during the fall. Um, and I had played it originally in the fall, and I replayed it in the fall. Um, and the Miles game was set during the holidays. So it really kind of capped off uh, the year on a high note for me. It was a very very quality and enjoyable and calming uh, sort of media experience. And probably one of my best, my most joyful media experiences of the year was playing that game. Awesome. Yeah. Hit me with another one, Katie Mac. Um, so I, I, I really don't have many specific things. Uh, I mean, really Warhammer 40 K um, and specifically rise of Horus was, uh, or Horus Rising was where that was like my specific media thing. Um, but number two is sort of a shout out to the, I don't know what you want to call it, reclaiming of week to week TV. Oh, okay. Um, and like the, the honest to goodness, like joy, excitement I would get from being like, oh, it's Thursday or, <laughs> oh, it's Friday. <laughs> this show's coming out or, oh, I can't wait till next week. And you know, getting that chance to sort of guess at what's happening next week or where they're going to take the story or even if it's something like Wheel of Time where new the basically the, the story points being like, well, how are they going to change things? What What's coming next? You know, are they going to go off script? Um, and getting to do that sort of use your imagination. <laughs> I don't want to be like a Willy Wonka here, but like basically getting to put more thought into the media you're consuming. I missed that. And I think a lot of people did and it really did. It makes especially that, that second half of the year or even last the last quarter, like you said, where we were finding out, you know, we wouldn't be able to get to see our friends and family for Christmas. You know, we, they wanted us to, you know, have smaller gatherings or none at all. Um, people were starting to get sick. You know, just that last part of the year, knowing that we had some of these shows that would bring us through, um, I really felt like it helped. And I hate to, I hate to, I, I feel almost sort of simple saying that, but we like TV because it is comfortable and comfort, or sometimes it makes us think. It gives us this able to like bond with people to be like, Hey, did you see the last episode of blah, blah, blah. Um, and I felt like the, I don't know, uh, the rediscovered week to week, the, the, the model that of course we all grew up with and now getting to re-experience is actually helped a lot, uh, um, to help us feel, you know, more joy from TV than, than the binging model. Very good pick. Thanks. Very good. Very good item that very good thing that made the year bearable. Yes, definitely. 
feeling that the week-to-week model definitely has the benefit of, like, connection, as it were. You know, I definitely feel that now with, like, Yellow Jackets. Like, it's driving me nuts that I have to wait every week to watch a new episode of Yellow Jackets. But also, if we've talked about this so many times on the show, if Yellow Jackets had all dropped on one weekend, I'd be done. And I'd have forgotten about it already. You know? Yeah. Like, I and, like, there are some things you want to savor. I got, you know... I- I know Loki wasn't your favorite. I loved Loki. I love that it was week to week. I love that I had to wait to find out and could sort of talk with senior correspondent Chris about like, what do you think is going to happen next week? And where are they going to go? And where are they going to take it? And that it stayed, what we talk about a lot, our collective consciousness longer, you know, for years we sort of got those injections of media and then that was it. Um, And I think, I think also it's healthier to do week to week. A lot of this stuff will happen on the weekend. Whereas if you can binge it, then I could binge it on like a Monday, Tuesday and not get <laughs> anything done. Whereas this, I have to wait. Right. Um, so this yeah, is, it also, yeah. This is a bit of a reversal for you because you had on some shows said you were just going to wait till the season was over. So you could binge yeah. it. Yeah. It's a bit of a reversal for you to come back and say that the, the week to week model, you've come to appreciate it. I think I, I think I got used to it and I think, you know, um, just getting busier and stuff and, and I think at first I was like, oh, it's so hard to wait because we haven't had to, um, we've just been given things, but now getting back into that routine and thinking about it more, being able to reflect on it because that's this time of year, just being like, oh yeah, actually it was nice to have this series that... We had to, we couldn't just sit down and watch seven hours of, we had to actually, um, we actually had to wait. I think that was, it was, I think it was a lot more fun. Just, just, if I had to put one pin in it, it was a lot more fun. <laughs> do you have one more you're ready, you can go with or? Cap oh yeah. Okay. I can do number, I can do number three. I'll, I'll do, um, I'll do, you want to go first? It doesn't matter to me, but. No, no, no. You can go first. I, I think mine is going to be silly, and and but I think it's important to mention. So, okay, yeah, do do ahead. no, do your do yours first because you know I'm probably okay. going to be somber and nostalgic. Okay, well, I'm wondering now if we have the same third one. Um, it's the podcast. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> I, guess, um, I guess I take it for granted, but. I, apparently, uh, no. Um, I, honestly, I we talk about this. I talk about this. I make fun of myself. I don't have a lot of things that I do. I don't. I'm not really into music like you are. Um, I'm not. I don't do you know art like Chris does. I don't have a ton of hobbies. I'm not part of any book clubs. Yes, I play Dungeons and Dragons, but it's not a weekly thing. It's much more you know when we can get together with people online or otherwise. Um, but the podcast every week, I get to explore something different with one of my best friends and have this very fun, silly sit down conversation. Um, I get to hang out with you and get to do this thing that I really enjoy every single week. Um, so you always say, thank you for doing the podcast. So Jordan, thank you for doing the podcast with me. Um, and if I had to, again, like, p- 
make a, a single point of this or encapsulate it, it would be the power of friendship. Um, and, you know, I just, this is, this is the thing I do and I really enjoy it. So thank you. It's uh, it is whenever it's pointed out to me or people hear the sacrifices that you make to do this, um, coming out here as often as you do when you could. Um, I know I was always, when we started this, I was very much like consistency is key. We can't just half-ass this. Like it's gotta be, are you, are you really down for this? Cause if we're going to do this, you know, you seem interested, but if we're going to do this, it's gotta be every week. Like those, those, those are the shows that work. It's just, you, you know, you can rely upon them and you didn't even, you never even really gave it and still don't give it a second thought to the point where I take it for granted a lot that the sacrifice that is required, um, for you to do this in person and you still prioritize in person, even though we have the tech to do them remotely and still turn out a decent episode remotely, you still prioritize in person. And I frankly can't thank you enough for that. And definitely seeing you for the first time in like 19 months as well, that first, you know, you being back in the poly pocket for the first time in over a year and a half, was uh, it was so much fun yeah <laughs> it was it was like right this is why we do this um well yeah <laughs> lastly last thing out for me i gotta call out and I've, I've been debating how to call it out let's just call it what it is someone cute she's yeah. now a fi- she's now a fixture on the pod y'all know her <laughs> it's funny when people who listen to the podcast ask me how someone cute's doing um, but you know, I could pick items or things or moments, but it all just kind of falls under that umbrella. Um, if I were, if I, you know, I could pick a moment or a weekend or a thing that happened or a movie I watched, like, just like hanging out with her, <laughs> it's just fun to be Jordan. around. Yes. Jordan. Yes. Caitlin. That's adorable. Oh my God. Shut up. Okay. That's so adorable. <laughs> I'm going to bug you about it all the time. It's adorable. Um, I like the exercise of making my list every year because especially in a year like this, it is, or in a year like the one that was, I find, you know, as I get older, it is important to find those moments um, that make you happy you're still here, you know, like, and they do yeah. as, as bad as it often feels like, you know, I will have weird flashbacks when I think about summer 2020, probably for the rest of my life, but <laughs> I also watched Thunderbolt fantasy, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> It was a real, it's, it's a real roller coaster, Like you said, like you can find these things. I, I loathed leaving my, you know, family home at Christmas. Cause it wasn't enough time. You know, <laughs> I, I didn't hit the point where I was ready to leave. You know, I always hit yeah. that. I always hit that point, but I wasn't there quite long enough. It was a real whirlwind trip, but you know, I was real bummed out and sad and feeling, feeling weird. And I'm on the via coming back and I, I purely for the discourse put on this record that I made a few, uh, a few people's lists 
by this producer named Floating Points with the London Symphony Orchestra and oh. 80-year-old uh, sax legend, spiritual jazz legend, Pharaoh Sanders called Promises. And I put that on and it is not a record I will probably ever buy or may ever listen to again, frankly, Caitlin. <laughs> like I listened to it once. <laughs> And had what I think is described as a transcendent experience. Like, I felt my brain leave my body on more than one occasion, just drifting off and listening to this. Um, Amazing. And that, I still have not forgotten that moment. Like, that's, I find the, I enjoy the exercise because it attunes me, I guess. It, it, it pings my tuning fork to try to recognize those moments as they're happening um, in the moment, which is certainly beneficial to me. So I don't become just a <laughs> quivering ball of anxiety every hour of the day. Only a good, like, you know, 12 to 14. Right. Right. Of course. You got to take a break. You got to try anyway. Woof. Am I right, y'all? I think that is uh, 2020's, 2022's catchphrase. Woof. Woof. Like I, told Kate, I told Kate before the mics are on. Woof is the oral equivalent of uh, the upside down smile emoji, which is the official emoji of 2022. Alrighty. Friends, what were some things that have made your last 12 months bearable? I would love to hear them. I'm sure Kate would love for me to tell her about them. Let us know. Twitter.com slash geekdownpod. Was it Supernatural fanfics? Was it K-pop IG lives, y'all know who I'm talking to right now. <laughs> y'all are out there. What, was it was it Japanese train YouTube videos? <laughs> you on that? Oh, I I am on that. They are good. And the ferry rides. <laughs> I want to go on a ferry that's basically just all wait. Like, are you talking about that dude who just straps a GoPro to his chest and yeah. then goes to the front car of a, a tr of a subway and just rides it for the entire oh, loop? No, 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 no. I'm talking about the gentleman who gets on a train with food and oh. talks about the train and like explores the train oh. and eats his amazing bento. And I've been to Shibuya so many times. Oh God! I know my way. I know my way around. Sometimes I just like to double check that there's still an entry ban. <laughs> And there is. Uh, we gonna get there, y'all. We gonna get there. <laughs> anyway, let us know on twitter.com slash geekdownpod what made your 2021 bearable. I'd like to think maybe we were a small reason. Be nice. I'd like to think that. Hopefully we brought some joy in hey, your life. We're their best friends. What did I say about the power of friendship? Power of friendship. Say that all the time. We're your new BFFs. As true today as it was five years ago, however long we've been doing this. Well, y'all, thank you for indulging us on this little exercise. I hope you found it, uh, you know, comforting, therapeutic, maybe something for y'all to think about. Just find them moments, y'all. They're there. They're always there. I'm annoying, I know, but I truly believe that. We'll be back to format next week with something. I don't know. Maybe a sneakers rewatch. I don't know. We'll figure out. We'll figure it out off mic. Either way, I hope you will join us for it. Thank you for spending an hour and change with us every week. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. I hope that 2022 has so far served you well and will be an amazing year. And I hope you will join us next week for an amazing, fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast.
I'll jump back in, but I do just want to hit you with that by surprise. It doesn't have to be the intro. <laughs> oh, no. I It absolutely does need to be okay. the intro. <laughs> I, I've been waiting for weeks to call you the, the GTA's <laughs> foremost just <gist> enthusiast. <laughs> Oh, you're such an asshole. Oh. <laughs> oh, there's the tag.